Hi friend. Today we have a special bonus episode for you in celebration of Star Trek Day. This one is by fans and for fans. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today we are doing a special recording to celebrate Star Trek Day. Woo-woo! Ooh, happy Star Trek Day! Happy Star <laughs> Trek Day. By the way, at the time of this recording, it's like way past Star Trek Day, but that's okay. You can We can celebrate Star Trek Day on any day. <laughs> Girl, every day is Star Trek Day because we, right. can, we can celebrate it... <laughs> We could, except for Star Wars Day, that's actually Star except Wars for that Day. Except that day, and then the day after, which <laughs> except is for May Revenge the fourth. Fifth. Okay, so just a few days yeah. in May, but most of the days, three hundred and sixty-three days a year are Star Trek days. So really, I mean, it's fine. So we put out a request for our listeners to share with us, like, what some of your favorite episodes are to celebrate Star Trek Day, and we heard back from a lot of you guys, and we wanted to pull a couple and just share, you know, some people's thoughts and like just kind of expound on it and like just have a good old time talking about some of our favorite highlights of Star Trek because because why not really? Exactly. So let's get started with this first clip here. Hey everyone, this is Sarah from Cleveland. Uh, One of my favorite episodes would have to be Suspicions. The biggest reason I love this episode is my favorite character. It's all about her. It's a truly Beverly-centric episode, and she just takes control. She's a badass. She steals a fucking shuttlecraft. She tells everybody, hey, don't worry about it. She's, you know, doesn't let Will be condescending to her. You know, you're not going to sit there and just wait for them to dish out a punishment. No, you're going to go out and you're going to figure out what the hell is going on. You are going to find out who the murderer is. It's like an Agatha Christie novel on the Enterprise, you know, and she is the star of the show. And I absolutely love it. Um, I love how she just is herself this entire time and she's not afraid to take one more step. You know, she's going to talk to who she needs to talk to. She's going to do what she needs to do. And it doesn't matter that everyone is all Beverly. You shouldn't ruffle any more feathers. You're in enough trouble as it is. No, she's not going to lie down. She's not going to take it. And she's going to be the badass bitch that we all know she is. Thanks guys. I love this. I had to to Google this episode. Yes. I had to Google this episode after I heard this. Because I was like, which one of the suspicions? Then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's the one with the scientist who gets murdered. And then Beverly's trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how he died. And oh, that's such a good one. Yes. And it's the it's the one with Joe Brill who like looks like he dies by suicide. But he's like an alien species who can like switch up their like biostats so that it Mm -hmm. looks like they're dead. But they're not like this one. First of all, that was probably one of the best reviews of suspicions. I've ever heard. She's a yep. badass bitch. She's not going to have Will telling her what to do. She's going to take a shuttle and she's going to figure out who the murderer is. It absolutely is murder on the Orient Express, but like in space, it's so good. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It's such a great episode. I'm glad that I'm glad we pulled her because this, oh my God, that like gives me such a big smile. Like, thank you, Sarah from Cleveland. Like that, that episode rocks. 100%. We have not reviewed it yet on our podcast, but I am super excited for for when we do that one. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear our second um, listener's favorite episode. Hi, Sharice and Andrea. Uh, it's Pip here from London. Uh, happy Star Trek Day. Um, my 
uh, favourite episode. Almost impossible to pick just one, um, but I'm going to go totally. with Brothers. Um, first of all, I absolutely love the whole opening with Data taking control of the ship. It's just so cool. I love that he outsmarts everyone and keeps coming up with new ways to get around whatever they think of, um, particularly the um, cascade force fields. So he's just striding around the ship and people are bouncing off them and he's like, yep, yeah, I'm just doing my thing. Um, then all the stuff uh, down on the planet with Law, Dr. Singh and um, Data is brilliant. You completely forget that it's one person playing all three characters. Uh, it's outstanding. Um, and it also gives Law real depth as a villain, which makes him more interesting, I think. And you actually feel quite sorry for him, even though he's a really horrible person. Um, and finally, uh, I really like at the end um, with Soong saying to Data that he'll grieve him in his own way because um, I have late diagnosed autism. And one of the things that I find difficult is that I've always reacted to grief in a very kind of numb way. And sometimes that's made me feel like I'm not a great person, um, but that made me feel comforted. So yes, Brothers is my pick. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing what yours is. Oh, I know a couple, so many great things in what Pip just shared. Thanks for sharing Pip. One of the things was when she first said one of my favorite episodes is Brothers, I thought she was talking about the episode Family, where Picard goes back home. It's after the Lacutus of Borg thing, after Best mm -hmm. of Both Worlds 2, and he goes back home and he yeah. has this fist fight in the mud with his brother Robert, and it's really stupid. And so when she was like, <laughs> Brothers, I was like, oh my gosh, like I am so interested to hear from somebody who thinks that that episode was like one of the best episodes. Like I need to understand I, I want to hear <laughs> what was good about this. So that way, if I ever have to watch it again, I can appreciate something about it. Yes. Um, and then she started talking about Data and Laura. And I was like, Rrr! and I had to re rewind my brain to be like, no, she's talking about a different episode. And I was like, oh, yeah, that episode, which, mm -hmm. was so, which was so great. So first thing is agreed, completely agreed with this episode. Yeah. Um, second thing is, is Pip, thank you for being so vulnerable with sharing about your late, your late diagnosis of autism and how that kind of really how data really resonates with you in the way that he experiences the world, including the way he experiences grief. And it is a very beautiful thing that even though data doesn't, you know, he, like when he lost his daughter, when data lost lol, you know, he was like, well, I don't love her. Or when she, when she was like, I love you father. And he was like, I can't love you back or whatever. And he's like, mm -hmm. I just don't experience those things. But you see him tenderly holding Tasha Yar's hologram. You see him thinking about lol. You mm -hmm. see him like, he absolutely loves people. He just does it in a yes. different way. Yes. And like, I think the whole thing about grief, too, is like, you know, we we understand that people all grieve in different ways. But then there's also ways that people grieve that we're like, what is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> like we question, you know, I've I've heard some people say some truly terrible things like while they're in grief and you're like, oh, my God. But, you know, we we all try to be like nonjudgmental about how people grieve until it's something that strikes us as odd. And then we're very judgmental about it. Right. Yeah. So I love that Pip was able to share that. And I really, really love her point about how that episode is Brent Spiner being three different characters that are all wildly different from each other. And it's just one person. And it is so easy to forget that it's just Brent Spiner doing mm -hmm. different roles. And it's it just it still blows my mind to this day. Like when we reviewed Brothers, I think we talked about that also. That was like, oh, my God, like, how could this be like one person? So mm -hmm. totally love that. Absolutely. Mas love it. Masterful performance. Masterful totally. performance. And not many. And when we talk about this a lot, how so many of the actors on the show, I would guess all of them have these incredible acting chops. 
but rarely get a chance to demonstrate them in the characters yeah. in their day-to-day life. They have to be taken over by an electricity monster or like some yes. has to co-op their mind and their sex yes. organs or some weird thing has to happen in order for them to be able to play a different character. And that's when mm-hmm. we go, whoa, look at what this actor can do. Um, mm-hmm. And Brent Spiner's kind of lucky because he had these moments with lore at le- and with Sung as well, but a, a lot of moments with lore where he could not only play a different character, but the literal opposite of the character he mm-hmm. always plays. He gets to play totally. a complete villain who's super emotional and very dishonest and just kind of the opposite of everything Data is. How fun is that? Absolutely. Super fun. Okay. Next, we have a clip from Jeffrey. Okay. So, hi, this is Jeffrey from Facebook and Instagram. Hi. Um, I This is my third attempt at recording one of these in 90 seconds, and it's just not going to happen because I have too much to say. So I'm going to do two of these. And I love this bit. already. So um, right? the ones that I love in no particular order. Um, the first one I have on my list is Cupid, just because it's such a striking episode. Um, the difference in the costumes and the difference in the acting style uh, is just so much fun to see. And uh, it's a really fun plot. All the Q episodes are really fun, but this one is just such a departure uh, from, from well, literally from the Enterprise, right? They're in a whole different set. So that's a whole lot of fun for me. So I thought you might have something to say about that one. His, his one of his favorite episodes being Cupid. Mm. I mean, when I heard Q, I was like, mm-hmm, Jeffrey and I, we just understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Q episodes. I love this one because it's got everything Jeffrey said. It's got different sets, different costumes, different characters. Um, even when the characters are being themselves, they're different. Like Worf being like, I am not a merry man. <laughs> like, <still cracks> me. <laughs> you know, and, and Jordy with that stupid little like mandoliny thing that yeah. he's playing, which rightfully gets smacked on a tree and crushed. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. You were really asking for that one, Jordy, but it's, it's just a super fun episode. And like, I love I love it. Plus, there's Vosh in it. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a bucket of fun. Yeah. And we get to see Q being a lovable scamp who's actually kind of dangerous and scary. So it was Mm -hmm. was a really good blend of that Q character taking him to another level of villainy. So he's not just, like, annoying, but he's actually a threat. And I think that that was a really um, good direction to take that character. 100%. So let's listen to another one that is also from Jeffrey, because as he mentioned in the last clip, he, he couldn't get it all in in 90 seconds. I love that. By the way, I love that Jeffrey was just so upfront about that, where it's like, OK, so I've tried this a bunch of times. It's just not going to happen in 90 seconds. So I'm going to just yes. send you a bunch, um, which was a delight to listen to. We listened to all of them and we responded to all of them because we're just so thrilled that you guys want to engage with us. It's really fun. Yeah, 100 percent. All right. Take it away, Jeffrey. Um, the second one that I have on my list is the nth degree. That's the one when Reg um, uh, interacts with some energy that kind of rebuilds his brain and, and he becomes flowers for Algernon, which is a verb that I just invented. Um, I really love that one just because um, the rehearsal again for the play, Cyrano de Bergerac at the costumes again, super, super fun to see different different stuff that you don't always see. Uh, different costumes, different plot lines. I mean, they're always different, but they're always futuristic. So it's kind of fun to go back into the past too. And I just really loved the way Gates McFadden says, that was a real improvement, you know, when she's um, just so struck (laughs) by Reg's uh, delivery after he's finally got um, his brain scrambled properly, Uh, only to be unscrambled properly after that. Yes, he gets his brain scrambled scrambled properly. (laughs) And then he's amazing. 
and then he gets his brain unscrambled and he's reg again and you're like oh well, okay. yeah <laughs> oh well it's reg again <laughs> you're right also beverly does go like wow like she has kind of like a little crush on on like on reg right he Which is very is hilarious right because he hits on he hits on troy in that episode and she's like he made a pass at me a very good one like a and you're like, good pass mm-hmm and yeah. we're like, okay, Reg, that was the that was the one episode where we were like, wow, when Reg has all this confidence, he's actually kind of cool. You know, right? before he gets really cool. arrogant and and he goes off the deep end. But there was yep. this like sweet spot in there for a minute where we were like, Reg is maybe not awful. And then it was like, no, no, he he's awful. We were right the first time. <laughs> we were right the first time. Yeah, um, we really were. We really were right the first time. So uh, Andrea, on that note, do you have an episode? And we have lots of episodes that are our favorites, but is there an episode that kind of comes to mind as one of your favorites? Um yeah, I mean, there are a lot, but one of my one of my favorites is um conundrum. It's yeah. the one with everybody's brain gets wiped and they don't remember who they are, and there's that new you know, number, numbered one, who's mm-hmm. like out here trying to get the enterprise to start a whole war with this other race of people. Right. Like I love the ability to see the characters that we know and love so well being kind of very different. Like Picard is always Picard. Right. But like to see him, like not as the captain at the very beginning, he's subservient to Worf. Um, he's, he's got to like learn how to like play by the rules of like the chain of command when he's not like the apex predator at the top. I love seeing Ensign Rowe and um, Riker kind of getting their flirt on and having just a, a toss up to like change the dynamic. I really, really love that. And then the second one I want to give as an honorable mention is the next phase when Jordy and Roe are like phased out of like the visual, you know, out of like the visual range. So like everybody thinks they've died in a shuttle explosion, but really like they're, they're still there and they're like running mm-hmm. through walls and stuff like that one is just so fun. And it really takes like a slightly uh, like a turn into like the absurd, but like not in a slapsticky way. It's just a really, really fun episode. I enjoy that one so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What are some of your favorites? Yeah, I was going to say the same about the next phase. That is one of my favorite episodes and it's it's coming up for us pretty soon, which I'm so excited about. Oh, I'm so um, excited. Yeah, for the same reasons. It is very, very cool. It's very interesting. It's so cool to see how would you react if everyone thought you were dead and you actually mm-hmm. maybe thought you were a ghost and you're hearing people talk about you in the past since it's just it's such a great episode like really cool another one of my favorite episodes is Ensign Row, and that is mm-hmm. the episode when we get when we meet Roe for the first time and we find out that there's this whole conspiracy going on we find out all about the Bajoran people for the first time which is yeah. fascinating and we find about find out about how they've been treated and the refugee camps and we also find out about this conspiracy and the Cardassians are up to something fishy and this this federation captain command whatever he is something hot general I don't even know admiral mm-hmm. something like that he falls for it and mm-hmm. kind of pulls the enterprise into um tricks them into trying to yeah. get rid of one of the Bajoran leaders who he considers to be a terrorist. I love that episode because it's got a lot of twists and turns. It's got mystery, um, but it also has some real world applications to crimes against humanity and who is responsible and who's not. It's it's a really, really good episode. It's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I could totally see that. So and I know that you I know that you love Ensign Rowe also. Like she just brings like a whole fresh energy, which is super Yeah. Fun. I don't know if love is the right word. Cause like I don't know if I'd be friends with Ensign Rowe. She's a bit prickly, 
but <laughs> I, but I enjoy what she brings to the table. For me, she's like, um, you know, like what are those th- like peppercorns or whatever? What are those little like yes. peppers that people put in food? You know how I hate spicy mm-hmm. and I absolutely yes. hate peppercorns. Yeah, she's like peppercorn. <laughs> it's not delicious to me, but it is interesting. And yes. without and it, whatever there is bland. Yeah, mm-hmm. she brings she brings a flavor. She makes it interesting, and I like that she's not like a a soft lollipop like get along with everybody kind of person. She's very much her own person, which um, if you know me at all resonates just a bit with me. <laughs> well, you know, you know how I love food and I love cooking. So I would say the gastronomic equivalent of Ensign Row for me would be fish sauce when cooking like um, Asian food, because fish sauce on its own is a really disgusting, horrible flavor. It's awful. It's like trying to eat like Worcestershire sauce or something. You're mm-hmm. like, dear God, no, no, no. It's <laughs> God awful. And if you spill any, that's all you'll smell for the next 24 hours anywhere. Anyway, but if a dish is, you don't taste it in the dish, but if it's missing, it's super bland. Mm. You're like, oh, that's weird. So yeah, Ensign Row is like my fish sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that is Which such may a be a sentence analogy. that has never been spoken in the history of man. I don't know. <laughs> so, speaking of Ensign Row, okay, we have one last little clip that I'm going to play again from Jeffrey. And it's not about a favorite episode, which is kind of what this assignment was, but it's about a favorite character. And we were just kind of talking about a favorite character. So I thought this was a really fresh perspective on a character that Andrea and I don't super love. So as I cue up this this little clip, I want you listening to see if you can guess which character <laughs> we're talking about. Because there's a lot of characters that we don't super love. <laughs> Is it Remick? That <laughs> <laughs> guy was Rawl? Rawl? Devanani Rawl? Hate that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh. Okay, last one, I promise. Jeffrey's voicemail to Sharice and Andrea, volume three, the Loxana edition. I did just want to take some time to mention um, what a great character I think she is. Probably one of the best in Trek, certainly one of the ones I enjoy uh, more than anybody else. I think she just brings so much to the table. She's got a really interesting way of looking at life, and uh, I really appreciate how she seizes each moment. And, uh, of course, I love everything she wears. Um, But I also love uh, the sort of philosophy she brings to the show. I don't know that I would take a mud bath with a child in the way that she did. But there are a lot of other things that I really admire. In particular, the way that she kind of pulls herself together and gets out of her Lwaxana-ness when Timison um, is going to die in Half a Life. Um, You just see, like, a really sober and thoughtful... um, Luoxana that you don't often see in in the other episodes. They kind of uh, put her frivolous nature forward. But I love the opportunity that Majel Barrett got to be such a dynamic uh, character, with such a breadth of emotion. Um, the way she gets through that psychological block she had set up uh, from remembering Kestra. Um, there were just a lot of really serious and really moving moments with Luoxana that I really appreciated. And so I have coined the term Troy Boy, I think, although I haven't Googled it. Probably a hundred people have said it before, but I'm a Luoxana Troy Boy forever. Love her. Oh, my God. I, I know this Luoxana gets under your skin more so than me. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, You know what? I really understand what Jeffrey's talking about. Um, I think that... I don't do well with people who don't understand boundaries um, just because of like stuff from growing up or whatever. 
So like that gets under my skin more, but Luxana really does have some really fabulous qualities about her. She is independent. She's a woman of a certain age who doesn't like need no man kind of thing. She wants a man. She sees a man as an accessory and not yes. a necessity. Right. And I absolutely love that about her. Like the man is the cherry on top of the fabulous Sunday that is her. Right. Like, and I really am striving to like live my life that way too, where it's like, yeah, a man is is an accessory, not a necessity. Um, just like any partner should be. Um, I love, all, I mean, obviously I love like all the things she wears, but like she really is out there living her best life. Mm-hmm. She really is out there doing what she she's chasing her passions and her passions clearly have taking her like all over the galaxy. So she mm-hmm. gets to travel. She gets to be at a place of prominence, like in society, even though the sacred chalice of rigs as Deanna pointed out was like an old <laughs> clay pot with some mold in it or something. Right. <laughs> and Luxana was like, it's symbolic or whatever. Right. And like, she does actually snap out of her like Luxana ness, as Jeffrey mm-hmm. said, like when it comes time to like do the right thing or like help somebody who's not just her. Um, so yeah, she really is a fantastic character. And I do like that they develop her to be like less grading as the seasons go on, just like every other character. Like Deanna was so effing grading at the beginning. And now she's like the MVP of, yeah. what are we like halfway through season five? And she's yeah. the MVP of season five. I think I didn't what think Deanna was, this? I didn't think Deanna was grading. I thought she was useless. And now mm. I think she is absolutely the MVP. I think the ship would have died a million times over without her in season oh, five. Totally. Like she, yeah, she, she's just been slaying this whole season. Um, For Luwaxana, like to, to a lot of things I agree with of what Jeffrey said. One of the things was I will wear everything that Luwaxana owns any day of the week. Oh, like her 100%. outfits are just like life goals, like beautiful, mm-hmm. gorgeous, look amazing on her and just bring out the shiny bubble, bubbly nature of her. Um, mm-hmm. I also do like, her normal day-to-day, I don't really care for, but when she does step out of her Luwaxana-ness, like when she was really tender with Timison, I really liked her. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like, well, which 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 Luwaxana are you going to get? Are we getting the loud, wild center of attention Luwaxana? Because I'm going to hard pass on that. Or mm-hmm. are we getting the like person who actually does care about someone other than herself from time to time? Mm-hmm. That person yeah. seems extra lovely. So... I kind of agree. I kind of disagree. I mean, it just, I guess, depends what flavor of the week that she's in. And I feel like most of the time she's in her Luwaxana-ness. Um, now, to your point of living her best life, yes. Again, life goals. Like, yeah. one thing I totally appreciate about her, she's going to she's gonna do what she's going to do, regardless of what anyone else ha- thinks, says, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, I love that about her. And that is definitely how I'm striving to be as well. Oh, totally. Um, Also, I mean, she's a woman of a certain age, dressing however she wants, which I think is fantastic. And she's clearly a woman of independent means. So she can travel with a freaking attendant, Mr. Holm, who carries all her things and everything. Like, she's clearly living like a pampered life. Well, she's an ambassador, so she does get to travel probably on her on her planet's dime. <laughs> yeah, she really does. And knowing Luxana, she probably has like all sorts of extra expenses that other oh, ambassadors sure. probably don't have. But, you know, whether we agree or disagree, one thing we can agree on is let's not take mud baths with children. Let's yeah. just maybe not do that. You know, I'm going to go a step further and say, I'm not going to take a mud bath at all. So <laughs> that's just going to save me from any awkward mud, mud bath. <laughs> situation I love a good mud bath I haven't had one in like 20 years but I remember like as a kid my parents used to go to this like natural hot springs spot that's a couple hours away from here in LA and there's like this natural clay that you can put on yourself and it dries and it crackles and then you like wash it off and it's really great for your skin like that's fun but um 
you know, everybody was wearing a bathing suit and like there were no like six year olds in the tub with you. <laughs> so that's it, people. Like, how cool was that? We loved hearing from you guys. We maybe we'll do something like this again for some other Star Trek related holiday. But thank you so much to everybody who sent in their voices. And thank you to Sarah and Pip and Jeffrey for sharing some of their ideas of their favorite episodes and their favorite characters. We absolutely love hearing from you guys, whether it's an Instagram message, an email, a smoke signal, a pigeon. <laughs> All of it. All of it. <laughs> Any we love, of it. So thank you so much. Now, it was amazing. We really love hearing from you guys. Sharice uh, and I always take time to really listen and respond. And it just makes us so happy that we have like engagement within our community. It's so much fun. Um, so we're out there. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook at the TNG podcast. We always want to hear from you. I, my vote for doing this again would be I want to hear your guys least favorite TNG episodes and why because there are some really bad ones I mean we love the show but I'm also not blind to like some of the glaring omissions that you know early 90s TV had happening for mm-hmm. it like late 80s TV mm-hmm. um, but until then thanks guys for listening and we'll see you out there bye thanks for geeking out with us be sure to join the crew at the TNGpodcast.com be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.